0: Listen, just listen. I'm Miles Pulaski, and you're listening to Second Story Podcast. Second Story is Serendipity Theater Collective's hybrid performance series of stories, wine, and music, a collaboration among writers, actors, musicians, and others to create good stories and good times. The stories are written by the performers themselves, sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, always thought-provoking. And now, Second Story Storyteller, Amy Carley.
1: My mother died on December 28th, 1998, at approximately 4.30 a.m. She'd had cancer for a year and a half. It was terrible and awful and sad, and I hope that no one that you know or love ever, ever, ever dies. There, that's out of the way, now on to the story. When my mother was dying, I thought I was fine. If you asked me how I was, I would say, I'm fine. (laughs) And then say you'd ask, how's your mother doing? I'd say, oh, she's good, good, good. (laughs) I was 28. I look pretty much the same as I do now, minus 10 years. I was just getting over a bad breakup. And although I was quite skilled at fooling myself and occasionally others, My skin betrayed what was really going on. I had developed a rash all over my body. My shoulders, my chest, all over my face. These little red bumps. I had no idea what was causing it. I'd never broken out like this before, so I thought, it must be an allergy. I went to an allergist. She looked me over, asked me some key questions, and then advised me to soak in a hot tub for half an hour every day. Then she asked me if I had a therapist. (laughs) To which I replied, no, because this was an allergic reaction. I was fine. I can handle it. How are you? Yeah. At the end of November, having just returned to Chicago, where I lived, from Boston, where I grew up, where my parents lived, and where my dad and I had just admitted my mom to the hospital for what would be the last time, I met a guy named Shannon Parr. We started seeing each other. Yeah, that is totally his real name. I'm just betting that he's not here right now. (laughs) Phew! He was very good-looking and a poor, egotistical, selfish, jerky actor. All the qualities I look for in a man. (laughs) Now this is what that allergist should have given me a prescription for. Let's face it, I needed more than a half-an-hour bath every day. And here it was, all wrapped up in a tall, lean, blue-eyed package. (laughs) Boom-chicka-boom. Meanwhile, back home, after subjecting my mom to all of the standard punishments that they reserve for those people who are really, really suffering, lung taps, cisplatin, radiation, they told my mom that there were no more treatments they could give her, transferred her directly to a rehab center after discharging her from the hospital, and told her that she was there until she could regain her strength before eventually going home. Now, my dad... I flew home to Boston the next day. It was December 23rd. It was snowing outside. It was Christmassy. My dad picked me up at the bus station, never, ever at the airport. And we went straight to the rehab center. It wasn't such a happy place to be at Christmas time. Well, I imagine not at any time, really, but especially not at Christmas time. It was brick on the outside, and on the inside, it was quiet. I don't really remember what it looked like in there, but it felt like everyone in there was dying. The patients, the people who worked there, my dad and I. It was really heavy. And it dawned on me that by rehab center, they meant place to die. And by going home, they meant to heaven or what not. I realized that a miracle was not in the works for my mom. Seriously, until that moment, I had never admitted to myself that my mother, May Wood, could die. And I don't think that she ever admitted that to herself. So there she was, looking like the sick little girl, so weak, morphine drip, laying propped on her side to take the pressure off of a bed sore that had developed on her coccyx and I moved in and I stood between her and the woman dying in the bed next to her. And I leaned down and I said to her, hi, mom, and I kissed her on the forehead. It felt so weird to do that. Do you want me to take you home? And she said, yes, honey. I reasoned with my dad to get him to sign the DNR. It wasn't easy for him. I felt like I had two really sad kids. And then, after a brief meeting with the resident therapist, we arranged for hospice to come to our house the next day. We also arranged for a hospital bed, a commode, a wheelchair, and some physical therapy contraption thing. Right, only thing we needed was the bed. And lastly, on our way out, they advised us to buy her one of those blow-up plastic donuts to make sure that the bed sore didn't get any worse. And then my dad and I headed home to prepare for her arrival the next day. Now, it had been a couple of days since Shannon and I had been together, and I could feel, I just knew, that I was getting a yeast infection. (laughs) You just know, trust me. Without going into too much detail, you know. Now this can happen to a woman after she starts having sex again after having not had it in a long time, whatever. A good guard against this is eating yogurt every day, but once it is coming on, swimming in an ocean of yogurt is not gonna save you. Although when you are walking around with a yeast infection, that sounds really good, believe me. No, nothing is gonna save you. You are gonna get it and you are gonna have to treat it or you will suffer. Now for those of you, those few, few of you and all the men who are sitting out there thinking, oh my God, I have never had a yeast infection. How bad could it be? Well, let me tell you, it is fucking hell. It's technically an imbalance of yeast in your vagina and the reason you know you have one is because you get really itchy down there in your hoo-ha, all over it. And the longer you wait to treat it, the more incredibly, unbelievably itchy you will become. And the worst thing that you can do is scratch. And it is the only thing you want to do besides swim in an ocean of yogurt, if only. So my dad and I get home to the house that I grew up in. It's a split-level, four-floor house. It's not really big, but it's not really small either. And we go about arranging the bedroom so that my mom's hospital bed and all that other crap would fit in there. Now, it was about eight or nine when we got home, and I knew the CVS closed at 11, and I had to get there and get my medicine that night or I would be screwed. So I volunteered to go get the blow-up donut. No need for my dad to know that I had a yeast infection. After we moved their king-size waterbed from the fourth-floor bedroom down to the basement and brought up a single bed for my dad to sleep in. Big mistake. I thought I could make it. Little did I know that this fucking waterbed came in 20 heavy individual tubes of water. You know, so that if one person rolled over, the other person wasn't all sloshing around. Which translates into 40 trips up and down three flights of stairs, not including the frame. Which maybe I could have done had my dad and I split it, but my dad ended up dissembling the bed and I made the trips myself. Now, have you ever had the chicken pox? or scabies, anybody, scabies? Or maybe poison ivy at its worst. Now imagine that condition in your privates, okay? Now imagine running up and down 40 flights of stairs. 22 stairs up, 22 stairs down, and the only thought in your head is scratch the itch. After about my 20th trip on the stairs, I took a breather. I stood back and I reasoned with myself. I took in the scope of the situation. Things were not good. My mother was dying. We were arranging for her to come home to die. And I was not happy. I had been coping for such a long time. My body was showing it, and now I was itchy. (laughs) I was just itchy. And damn it, I deserved to scratch. I knew the price I would pay. I didn't fucking care. I had another 20 trips up and down those stairs ahead of me, and I was going to reward myself by scratching. (laughs) Fuck the consequences. My mother was dying. This was nothing compared to that. Scratch. Scratch as much as you want, Amy. (laughs) And I did. And it was good. Oh, my God, it was good. I continued carrying the heavy tubes of water downstairs to the basement, stopping every two or three trips for a scratching break, and then continuing on. By the time I finished it, it was 10.45, I went upstairs and said to my dad, I have got to get to the CVS now. I have a terrible yeast infection and I will get the donut. Is there anything else that we need? I don't remember if he even replied to me. I was out the door at the CVS, got my medicine, got that donut, came back, scratched again one more time before promising myself that I would not do it anymore. You see, the result of scratching is temporary relief and not-so-temporary swelling of your labia. Oh, they swell. Boy, do they swell. And the more you scratch the more they swell. And I had scratched a lot. I woke up the next morning and my labia were so wicked swollen that I could not sit down. I had elephantitis of the labia. No exaggeration. I couldn't wear jeans, not without looking like I had a load in my pants. I mean, it was like something for the medical books. It was fascinating and scary. And by that, I mean they were wicked swollen. I had to go up and down the stairs sideways. (laughs) And so it went. My mother arrived home in an ambulance, and... Let me tell you, those EMTs are fucking pros. They are so nice, so good at what they do. They got my mom into our house and up to her bedroom without a bump. They fit her securely into the space vacated by that fucking ginormous waterbed that had cost me my ability to sit down. And then my brother and his wife arrived from Chicago after scrambling at the last minute to get tickets home. My sister and her husband arrived from Virginia after canceling their trip to India to visit my sister's in-laws. You see, we had all tried very successfully not to expect this, but that didn't make it not happen. It was happening and it was awful. And I was walking as if I were harboring a small Nerf football between my legs. (laughs) So it wasn't long before my whole family knew the entire saga of my lovely yeast infection. Good looking loser actor guy, sex. Rehab center, small itch, ginormous waterbed, big itch, bigger scratch. (gasps) I mean, I couldn't help talking about it. Come on! My labia was so incredibly large. (laughs) Well, the kicker of it all was that blow-up donut. Remember that little plastic donut that I'd bought for my mom at the CVS? Well, it turned out that she couldn't use it. It just didn't work for her. It wasn't comfortable at all. She couldn't sit or lay down on that thing. So we worked something else out for her, and I found another use for that donut. (laughs) I ended up sitting on that thing all through Christmas. It was my throne. It was like, my God, such a relief. I mean, here was my family going through such hell. And here I was with these painfully distorted, hugely distended, should-be-a-picture-in-a-medical-journal labia sitting on a big plastic blow-up donut, giving my family a good laugh. (laughs) I mean, all I had to do was walk into the room with the thing and boom. I don't know, it was just funny, really funny. Maybe because nothing else was. Well, you'll all be happy to know that my labia made a full recovery. Woo! (laughs) You're going to have to take my word for it. Thanks in no small part to that blow-up donut, the last gift that I ever got from my mom, and the last gift I ever received from my mom. I still have it, of course. The end.
0: That was Amy Carley. If her story gives you ideas for your own second story, we'd love to hear them. Please join us for our ongoing series at Webster's Wine Bar and the Morse Land, or one of our upcoming special events. Visit our website for more details. Second Story Podcast is brought to you by Amanda Delheimer, Megan Steelestra, Shannon Sullivan, Cherie Pentamone, and Mikhail Fixel. I'm Miles Pulaski. Serendipity is funded in part by the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, the Illinois Arts Council a state Agency, the Richard H. Treehouse Foundation, City Arts Grants, the Chicago Community Foundation, a part of the Chicago Community Trust, the Arts Work Fund, and listeners just like you. To find out more about Second Story, the performances, our performers, or to make a donation, visit us at secondstory.com.